sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Okay, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through so you can sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply. This is Anthony Robbins host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. This is Anthony Robbins host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. We give y'all real, real new <laughs> I've been lying for so long. I've been lying for so long. <laughs> Believe me, I'm probably a porno, pornoologist. We cannot continue to deny women or minorities access to a system that has everything but their input. You are now listening to The Reality Hour. This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. Today's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, your voice, your independence, your platform. So join us as we work to build a listener and podcast-centric podcast ecosystem by going to www.blogtalkradio.com. Today's episode is going to be a special episode. Uh, we were supposed to record this episode on last week, but, you know, something is always ailing me or something is always coming up. If y'all have been following me for the last three years, I am a broken man, but we are here today, and today we'll be interviewing Teddy Phillips of the For the Culture app. And and how you doing today, bro? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks for being on here. Like we were just talking before we got on, uh, started recording, we were talking about we were supposed to do this last week, but it was on me last <laughs> week kind of getting sick, and now we just pretty much making up for it. So with you being the creator of the For the Culture app, a lot of people may not know, and for those who do know and may want to know more about you, who is Teddy Phillips? Yeah, so Teddy Phillips is a guy from uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Grew up there, and I'm going to college at the University of Alabama. Uh I always found myself at the intersection of culture, black history, just growing up in that part of uh, America. And I ended up being introduced into tech. And with tech, I found that you can reach so many different people mm-hmm. on a simple platform. So uh, just going through life, I didn't really know like <clears throat> what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. But uh, I was really good with computers. My dad was like a, a technician. So he uh, he really had me programming and, and working on things at an early age. So ended up going, accepting a corporate job, but I really wanted to make an impact and bridge that gap between tech and the black community. So um, I was a huge fan of the Heads Up app that Ellen had. And I was like, okay, Ellen is a good comedian, but what if what would it look like if Kevin Hart actually made this app? Yeah. Right? So then uh, I started working on it um, over the course of a year. Uh, came up with the name, trademarked it, and and we just rolled it out. And the response has been, like, amazing so far. So, uh, and, and and we're talking about it now, man. So I really appreciate you reaching out. Um, I forgot who connected us. Uh, I forgot, I too. Was the... Who connected us? <laughs> my, you can, my girlfriend, she's in the studio with me. And I know she's the one who does my cons, uh, consultation work. Do you know who connected us? It was yeah, you. I, think, I think it was a girl from 
the Batty Brunch. Okay, he said somebody from the Batty Brunch. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that, man. That's the thing about, I think that's the thing about, like, tech and even podcasts, bro. It's like you, you're you doing things, and I'm pretty sure you've been in that situation, too, where you're creating this app, and it seems like it's never going to take off or it's not as successful as you want it to be, and then you get ready to give up, and somebody like, hey, man, or you'll get an email, and it's like, hey, that's dope shit. Keep putting that out. But yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, I, think, I, I know I found out about you. When, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 you got it. No, I was just saying, I, I found out about you because I was going through Instagram one day, and you know how you, you follow a friend, and somebody had reposted uh, one of your pictures, and because I know you guys with the For the Culture app, as you already see, I'm always re reposting and re uh, <laughs> reposting stuff on Instagram that you guys have, because you have dope content, some of the videos. I think the last one I reposted was the 50 Cent one talking to Tyreek, where he was like, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been knowing your daddy for a while. He did that shit. <laughs> so... It just little, y'all have always put out dope stuff to where it's just easy to kind of draw to you. And like you say, with your app being called For the Culture, we can relate to those things and we understand those things. So I think that's where I know when I start seeing some of the content you guys put out, I mean, you had me hooked from there. And then to be able to put all that and compact it into an app, that's pretty dope, man. And we appreciate it, man. We spent like probably like all day trying to look for like the perfect content to put up. Yeah. Sometimes we come like one thing. Sometimes we come up with three or four. So, so yeah, man, we appreciate that. Though. No problem. So, where did the concept for the app come from? Yeah, so the concept of the app just came from like honestly, we just wanted a game that we could play that we could actually relate to. So yeah. I was taking a lot of games home, and and I was uh, playing it with my family. My family just didn't really engage with the content as much as I wanted to. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I I really need to create this app. Um, and if I don't like it. Then well, if everyone else doesn't like it, then you know at least I do it. I just play with my friends. Yeah. And how, how important do you think it is? Because I think in this day and time, of course, we all are aware of the phrase cultural appropriation. To where, for the black community, especially, so many people and so many other races take the things that we have created and they use it for their own good, and we're left to sit back and watch it and understand it. But it's like. This, you know, it's it's kind of like I've always told people: white people can't tell a black person's story the way a black person can tell their own story. So you creating this game, they can't create the game to where people are understanding it the way you do. Because for the culture, I mean, not to be funny, we all know when people say for the culture, we talk about black people. Period. You know what I'm saying? So you created something. Go ahead. Oh no! Go ahead. No, I'm done, bro. Is it we have we have like a little lag since it's a phone call, so yeah, you go ahead, man. You good. Nah, so uh I mean if you think about it, if you think about international culture, that's influenced by American culture and American culture is influenced by black culture. Yeah. Like we're just now getting to the point where people are recognizing that hip hop is the number one genre in the world, right? Yeah. But I mean, we've known that for a long time. Yeah. Because we understand, like, I mean, you look at artists like Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber's an R and B artist. Journals was an R and B album. Yeah. But he's white. They're gonna call it pop. Yeah. Think about Adele. Adele is a soul singer. She's white, so they're gonna call it pop. Pop. Right? Yeah. But I mean, that's all music, though. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, so I mean, I, I think we're being, well, us as black people are coming more aware of. Okay, we probably need to take back ownership of our culture. Yeah. You think about the music industry. The music industry isn't owned by black people. It's nope. owned by other races, right? But we're putting out the main product that's influencing America. So I think we're being becoming more conscious and, and we're owning our culture a little bit more. So uh, how important, I think it's good. I think we're in a great space. 
how important do you think it is to own the culture? And the reason I say that, I had a conversation with a friend the other day, and I, 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 most black people have heard this, that, you know, Africans, true blood Africans from Africa right now, first descendant uh, legacies from Africa, you know, a lot of them don't really care for black people. So I always tell people it's funny being a black person in America because if we're not if and this is some of us if we're not reaching for white culture to be accepted and approved in their approval then it's almost like we're always reaching back to africa and it's like they don't want us either but in my mind i'm thinking why don't we embrace our own culture because like you said you have international culture but american culture is hip-hop culture you got hispanics out here wearing jordans you got white folks wearing jordans you got them wearing different haircuts and doing shit that we do using vernacular and 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 all of that like their lexicon has been created off of black vocabulary so i think it's important and i love the fact that you you pretty much came in strong arm this created the app and it's exposure too because a lot of black people don't know how to create an app or to get into that industry so my question my next question for you is do you remember where you were at when you uh when you came up with this concept or this idea, do you know where you were at in that point in time? Yeah, I mean, it's like four years ago. Four years ago, uh, I was at home. I was playing, uh, playing heads up yeah. at, at the Christmas thing that we all do um, at uh, my auntie's house. And uh, I mean, we were having a good time with the game, but you know, we were staying on the hip hop category. We yeah, so like the hip hop category over and over again. I'm like, all right, cool. Like we ran through this. Like, let's try something else. Mm-hmm. And and you jump into movies, I mean, you're hearing things like Shawshank Redemption and, and stuff like that. I mean, we're not hearing the Fridays. We're not hearing... Um, house Party. You know, Players Club. Yeah. yeah, House Party, things like that. So I was like, man, like, I mean, there's a huge opportunity here to engage with um, the earliest adopting culture for real. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think that's when it clicked. But for me to get started on it was a totally different process. I mean, I was living in Houston at the time and you know, you had visitors coming in every single weekend, and you couldn't really find that space to actually work. So I didn't really get started on everything until I moved to Austin uh, on a whim. And uh, you were able to engage with, like, a lot of entrepreneurs that might be stuck in the same place but are working to try to figure it out. So you figure things out together, you, you establish a network, and you start connecting with other individuals that that are either where you're at or mm-hmm. have surpassed where you are and give you keys to help get there, too. So. So what did I mean, you... Just being in the right environment... Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. You finish. You're, you're fine. No, no. Just being in the right environment and just being around the right people uh, is essential to getting anything that you want done. And and that's true, and that's what I was about to say. With you moving from Houston to Austin, and I know for me when I moved from Texarkana to Atlanta and Atlanta uh, to Dallas, the hardest thing to do sometimes is to find that circle or that niche, if you will, of people that you can come around that's like-minded and help create things. You spoke on it a little bit about the process and how long it took you. A lot of times, you know, people see for the culture app and think you, you know, you're a fly by night type company or it's a, you know, it just popped up. But you said that it was four years ago that you started. So how did um, how long did it take from concept to creation? And what was the process like for you to get this going? I mean, uh, you know, the first three years was totally me. Yeah. I mean, it was just like I was holding myself back. Right. But uh Actually, getting started on it and starting developing on it, it started. Um, it took probably about a year. You know, I wanted to make sure that uh, the trademark went through, so I had an actual license to use the app first, and then I wanted to actually go through the name. But I had the name for, for probably about a year, yeah. and I, I just started developing it. So, I mean, the first for the culture, if I show it to you, I mean, it looks 
crazy, stupid, simple, <laughs> right? I mean, there's no graphics. Yeah. I mean, there's no artwork. There's nothing. I wanted it to be super, super minimalistic. And um, I gave it to my friends. I was like, here's my new app. And they were like, are you done yet? I'm like, yeah, I mean, this, this is what it's going to look like. They were like, nah, man, we need some like, content. So, yeah. um, so I worked with a graphic designer out of Vancouver, and I kind of just told him what I wanted. And he was like, okay, cool. What do you think about this? So we just kept throwing things against the wall, and we started coming up with different concepts for the categories. Mm-hmm. And from there, everything started coming together. We noticed that we needed it to be like a little bit more graphically, and we needed to add culture into something that was for the culture. So um, so just validating with your test group, validating with, with your users, and making sure that you're not developing it for yourself and what you want it to look like. You're developing it for the people, and you want people to enjoy it and the folks that you're creating it for. So so that was good. But, I mean, just learning that actually gave me the ability to actually put merchandise out. Yeah. So, like, the For the Culture logo, put that on hats and things like that if you want to wear it. So, I mean, just different ways to promote the app just by listening to your users. I mean, they'll, they'll give you a different uh, way to go. Yeah. You just have to listen to it and actually follow through on it. Yeah. So, so I, it's good. So I just heard you released the Android version of the app. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and where you want to go with that. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, so Android uh, took a while. Uh, it was supposed to be released, I think Android had like six release dates. Yeah. But uh, with, with the Android platform, it uh, there's like thousands of devices. So with, with iOS, it's just one device that you have to develop for. But Android, you have Samsung, you have Nokia, you have uh, LG, you have like Kyocera, Motorola, like those types of phones and they all don't work the same functionality, yeah. like functionality-wise. So, uh, so making sure it worked right on all these different devices was uh, something that was super, super difficult for us at first. But we ended up figuring it out. We ended up finding a sweet spot, and uh, we just had to rewrite the app from scratch and, and make it scalable. So. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break again. You listen to the reality is where filtering becomes extinct, and we'll be right back. Again, you're listening to The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct, and we're talking with Teddy Phillips, the owner of For The Culture app. So, Teddy, before we got off, we were talking about the Android version that you just released. What's next for the art creative brand? I know for me, you're a hard man to find. When uh, when my girl brought me the information for you, I was researching. I was like, what does this dude look like? What's his name? Who is he? Because, you know, (laughs) most people... When they put a brand out, you know, they tag themselves, they have their names in it, they have their face in it. And you're kind of like me, which is crazy, because when I first started the podcast, I didn't use my face. Like you said, my logo was very simplistic. But one of the main reasons it was like that is because, honestly, I didn't know which route to take. And I think it's big in black culture to have exposure to things, because a lot of times we have ideas in our heads, but we don't have the money to bring that dream to fruition. We don't have the leadership. We don't have the mentorship. So for you with art creative brand, like who helped you or did you have a mentor? Did you have a focus group or a group of people around you that kind of helped you get to this point or teach you what you needed to know to build this brand? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I read a lot of books. Um, and then then went to a lot of mentors here in Austin, here and there, and they provide, like, you know, tips of advice and kind of follow up on those. But, I mean, I have an amazing team. Uh, Kenneth, he's, uh, he pretty much does everything. He's, like, a connector. Um, and he's a person that I can really bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Um, 
So so he's a great help for the app, and he's like damn near co-founder at this point. Um, you know, Penny, she she works on PR. She's worked on PR for like a, a lot of major publications. So mm-hmm. I mean, once we get ready to start pushing the app and uh, doing media and things like that, then you know she she's gonna be huge there. She has like press releases already written up. So I mean, she's amazing at what she does. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Well, working on something like this, I mean, you definitely can't do it yourself. Man. No, Everyone no. says they did everything themselves. Like, I mean, they're crazy. Yeah. Like, um, and by getting input from a lot of people is, is the biggest way to build a product that um, that'll scale and people that will love and enjoy and just play with. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, having a good team is essential. Yeah, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, like you said, having a good team is essential, but how important is it to have people that actually see and support the same vision that you have? Because a lot of people, they don't want to come on from the inception of of the product. They want to be there when you make it to that point and they want to jump on that bandwagon because the hardest part is getting it built from the ground up, coming up with the content that you want to go on, coming up with the, the motto, coming up with a mission, you know, for the brand. So how hard was that to gather all that information to find the right people like Tammy? And like, how long did you feel like it? How long did it actually take to get that core group of people who supported the vision around you? Honestly, like Kevin was there from damn near day one. Yeah. We were going to the same meet us together. And, uh, you know, I just asked him, did he like the idea? And then, from there, I just kept bouncing the idea off of them. So, like, you know, having somebody like that around you, I mean, you know, like, they're, they're a pure person. Yeah. And, and they believe in what you're doing because they were there from day one. They weren't there, like, when every all the success started coming. You know, so, like, you know, a person like that you trust and you see their vision and you have the same vision and you can actually work and collaborate and and drive the entire vision to, like, where you're at, where you actually saw it from day one, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so the first release... <clears throat> getting it out there um i think apple featured it on the store and like it, it just started exploding from there yeah. um but android getting the android version i mean that was kind of tough but i mean we ended up figuring it out and uh, i think we're ready to go for yeah. months now so so how did you feel when you first, like when you got it up and running and you went to the app store and you saw your app because i know for me when i first got on um itunes and got picked <laughs> up by blog talk radio like i'm telling you bro like when i saw my logo and shit on there i was like you can't tell me shit like I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? It kind of felt like you've arrived, even though, you know, there's still, you know, work to do. It's kind of like having that verified check on your social media. It makes you feel like, you know what? I'm a little bit more legit now. When I approach people about a card game or if I approach people about my app and the content that I'm trying to sell to be able to tell people, hey, pull up your phone, go to the Android or Google Play Store, download this app. Or, you know, people are big on iPhones. You know what? Go to the app store on the iPhone, search this and pull it up like did it make you feel more official, more confident about the brand that you were pushing? And I, I tell you, like, it came at the perfect time. I was, uh, it was around Christmas time. I was in uh, D.C. with my dad. And uh, we are in a spot called Apple Lounge. And I was around a group of friends, like 10 friends or whatever. And then I got the notification from Apple saying that, you know, your app is officially released. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> so we started downloading. We told everybody in Apple Lounge to, like, uh, like download it. So we turned the whole spot into, like, a party. Yeah. Everyone playing the game. Everyone started posting on social media. I mean, it was crazy. So it was kind of like that moment we started celebrating. And, and that's a time that you never forget, you know, and, and it's a time that it validates that all the hard work that you put in that no one saw, and they, they, just, they just actually see the app. Yeah. You know, it actually stayed true, and it's, it wasn't done in vain. It wasn't done for nothing. So yeah. it's, it's execution, man, and, and it's, it's good to be rewarded even if that wasn't really a huge reward. And yeah. It was like a, a, it was like a win for you, basically. 
So and, and how how important is it if you're telling somebody if somebody's listening to this podcast and they want to get into an app and they want to create apps and they want to, you know, maybe follow in your footsteps and do what you're doing. And I know sometimes saying that it's crazy to hear that somebody may want to follow in your footsteps, but it is somebody out there that's probably listening or that has seen this app or that's played the games on the app and they want to do this too. So what would you tell them? You know, what's the best advice you would give somebody who wants to, you know, become a part of the tech industry and do what it is that you're doing? Man. Um, great question. Um, so, Your passion is probably the biggest thing that you can do, right? The passion for actually following through on the idea and getting through the rough times and and uh, going through times where you don't know if your idea is going to work or not or you don't know if it's as good of an idea as you thought it, yeah. thought it was at first. Um, that, that's the number one thing. Uh, as far as, like, execution, make sure you find, like, a good developer and make sure you find a good graphic artist. Those are going to be, like, your key selling points of the app. You want to make sure your app works. And you want to make sure your uh, app is actually appealing to the eye. Yeah. So, and validate your idea, validate your idea, validate your idea. Give it to people. Ask for, like, critical and honest feedback. If it's not working, make sure they're telling you it's not working. If it sucks, make sure they tell you it sucks. Like, make sure they're giving their honest feedback. But then, some feedback might not be good feedback. So yeah. Sometimes you might be developing a product for someone that can't really relate. How do so, you- make sure the feedback for your intended audience is relevant to where you're going to drive your company after you decide what you want to do with the feedback. And when you get, well, how do you, how, how do you personally handle negative feedback? You know, sometimes when people get negative feedback, you got people that be like, Oh, they just hating. And it's like, no, the shit may just really suck at this time. It doesn't mean it can't, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean it can't get better, but a lot of people are not able to take constructive criticism, especially in this day and time where people are pacified for, you know, like, you know, we, people talk about it on TV shows and movies where kids are getting trophies for just participating. So it's like to get that constructive criticism, people look at it as they're hating or they don't like them, but how did you move or how did you accept and receive negative criticism or constructive criticism on how to better yourself and your brand? I mean, I took it, took it very seriously, right? Um, and the people that I solicited feedback from, I felt they knew what they were talking about. Like, when I was telling you the game looked very, very minimalistic, and they were asking, like, is it done yet? Yeah. Like, I'm like, why, why are you saying is it done yet? Like, you know? So, like, I asked everyone, and it was unanimous. Yeah. So, that's the point where you have to get outside yourself, and outside what you had planned to actually appeal to your audience and, and give them what they want. True. Because you're not selling that to yourself. You sell that to yourself. You might as well just keep it locked up on your phone and don't give it out to anyone. Yeah. But I try to make it for the brand and you want it to scale, then you need to listen to your customers and consumers because they're the ones that are coming to buy your app or, you know, support. So, I mean, definitely take feedback very, very seriously. And uh, with the with the app and since its, it's uh, inception, what do you feel like is the biggest failure? Not before you got the app off the ground, but just having the app out and you know having people log in on it and check it out with the whole for the culture app brand. What do you feel like the biggest failure has been thus far for the brand? If 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 you've had any? Yeah, I mean, not not delivering Android when I wanted it to be out. I, I think that was huge. I think you know while we were pushing the, the iOS version, we could have missed out on a huge opportunity to engage with the Android community. And, you know, that's something that um, I look back and I reflect on. Um, you know, every time I have a meeting and see how it can never happen again. Yeah. Make sure I'm delivering on the value that and the promises that I'm making public. So, 
what do you feel like your biggest uh, success is for the uh, for the, the the app at this point in time? Is it the numbers? Are you getting paid for it right now? Like, what do you feel like is the biggest success to say, you know what? This is what I'm most proud of for this app. Well, just having it out. I mean, that's, that, was, that was a success to me. I mean, that proved to myself that, you know, I could, I mean, I had an idea. It was worth something. And I could actually follow through on it. Um, but just like hearing like around Black History Month, where teachers were actually using it in their classrooms and they were playing with their kids. Yeah. So, like, kids are engaging with tech and they're actually seeing a game that has people that look like them in it. So, um, and it's educational. So, like, just understanding how I'm impacting a generation, even though it's not, like, on a huge scale, but, like, I mean, someone's life might have been changed through that. Yeah. So, I, I think that's the, a, a huge success. I think... And- and that's really, I mean, that's all the questions I have for you as far as interviewing. So I'm going to just literally talk to you straight up. I'm proud of you, bro, just from seeing the app, seeing its inception and getting to this point. And you stay consistent with it. When I was going through your Instagram and just researching you, it's consistent. When we played the game, it's efficient. It moves. Uh, it, it's very easy to use. It, I think you did a great job with the colors. Like, as soon as you open up the app, the, you know, the greens, the blues, it's like that Uno card. You know, like, if you hit a draw four. Like, if you playing, you know, you playing Uno and it's like green. Somebody else put a green in a different number. Then you hit a motherfucker over the head with that, that draw four. That. Hey, that, that's big, you're, bro. You're the first person to ever pick up on that. Yeah. That color, because it's like if you look at it and it's black and white, it's kind of like, oh, okay, it, it's there. But if you, when you open it up, it's not to be funny. They do research on kids and what draws kids to certain things, and it's shiny things and it's bright colors. So with you doing that, I can, me personally being a person about content and going to school for marketing and communication, it's like I could tell that there was thought, pro- that was a thought process, and that was time that was put into this, and it was it was executed well, and you got good people around you, because like you said. I remember when I first created my logo for the podcast, I promise you, bro, all it said was the reality is I had a generic ass microphone and I had created it myself. You know what I'm saying? And then I was asking people about it and I got that same response, you know, from friends and family. Is this it? You know, some people was like, that shit is plain, bro. And, you know, you, you, every man has an ego, bro. So it's one of them things when people be like, yeah, you know, you feel like, you know what? I've built this. This is what it is. This is something great. And you know, the time, the effort you've put into it and you've done all you feel you can do. And then for somebody to be like, yeah, that's all right. Your first instinct is, I know for me anyway, I was like, motherfucker, you couldn't even create this if I, if somebody asked you to do it. But like you said, you got to step outside of your ego because it won't survive if you if your people or your listeners or the people who are playing the game if they don't buy into it and you can't get them to buy into it it won't it won't go nowhere 100 100 and a lot of people just don't understand that it's just like look bro like i'm not telling you like i got friends that do music like i'm not telling you like you're whack bro. yeah i'm just telling you this song is ass yeah like, for real. yeah so, i mean i think artists are yeah, and and like Erica Badu says, you know, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Like when we are creators, you you are gonna be sensitive about it. But I think the music industry, especially like locally, and I know you probably get it all the time up there in Austin because it's a big music, uh, uh, big music city. But a lot of times I hear local rappers in Dallas and people are sending me stuff, and I really don't interview rappers. I will, but. I'm not really, that's not really my lane. I don't really care for that. I don't want to be just another traditional podcast. So I like to, you know, kind of branch out and talk about different things. But there's been several times I've heard people send me something. And if you sound like Lil Boosie, we already got a Lil Boosie. If you sound like Jay, we already got a Jay. Like, what makes you different?
different. Like the whole Atlanta movement, we love the music. We love the music more so literally for the music, not the lyrics, because Future sounds like 21 Savage or, you know, everybody pretty much sounds the same, but it's the beats that keep us going. And not to be funny, if you go back to where we're from, from Africa, drums and beats and whatever, bro, we've always been that. So it's in our blood to have a rhythm, you know, hear music, have a rhythm first. And then it's almost like the words come second, unfortunately, which is why I think everybody appreciated Jay-Z's 444 album so much, because it was literally a storytelling album with a lot of lyrical content and basic beats. So, Hell yeah. I mean, Jay, that, that new Jay album, I mean, it, you have to be in a certain place in life to actually get it. Yep. You have to actually, like, really go through things. Yep. It's not for, like, all generations. It, it's for people that have, like, deep, deep life experiences. And uh, and we were having a conversation about that. I mean, looking at the Jay-Z that I probably would enjoy, like, well, that I did enjoy, like, when I was, like, 16. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, you know, blueprint. Like, I, lo- I love that album. That's probably my favorite album. That's my but, favorite like, album. That's the one with, uh, that's the one with Hove on there, right? Where they be yeah, like H to the Izzo. Izzo. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite one, too. Izzo, Stone Cry, all that. So, like, <clears throat> that, that's, that's the pinnacle of the album. But at the same time, like, as you grow, you see him grow. I mean, he can't be rapping about, like, stuff he was rapping on there. I mean, it's just, like, not substantial to... He wouldn't be authentic to himself if he was still doing that. Yeah. So, but I, I think this was a good album, and I think it shows how the culture is growing and how the culture is maturing. Like, we're not going to be on the dumb stuff, like, our whole life. We're gonna have to phase out of that. We want to actually grow, and we want to actually succeed as a culture and as a community. So I got a. I, mean, I, I got really a, like. No, go ahead. Now I, was, I only had a question. I was gonna like because you know we're off the business part, and before we ended, I want to ask you this question from you know the Jay Z four 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 footnotes. Did you watch that where he had like Chris Paul and all them sitting around, kind of talking about their emotions and things with women? So, so I watched. Uh, I watched the one from four four four, and I watched the one from. Uh, story of Ozark. Okay. So the 444, when the question I have is, you know, a lot of those men in there talked about how they weren't raised with a father or the way, you know, their love languages in so many words were different, you know, from women. So how important do you think it is for men in, from your perspective, how important do you think it is for men to have or express their emotional side? I mean, I think, I think it's essential. I mean, I think we, I mean, you listen to rap music, like, you know, we don't love these hoes, we don't love this and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, I mean, everyone needs some type of love. Everyone needs some type of support. Everyone needs someone to care about them. I mean, we're emotional. Like, by nature, humans are emotional. Yeah. Right? So, to act like you don't have emotions, I mean, that's... I mean, that's crazy. You're not being real with yourself. And yeah. until you're real with yourself, you can't really actualize yourself and know who you are. Yeah. Right? Because you're lying to yourself. I mean, and if you're lying to yourself, you can't really expect anyone else to really tell you the truth. Yeah. Because you're not being truthful with them. Right? No, that's true. So... <clears throat> I mean, I mean that's, what, that's the biggest thing but yeah I mean that I mean a lot of the things that they were saying in there I was like yeah man like you know you know, if you blow up like are you really gonna find someone that really or are you really gonna believe that person really loves you you or just for the opportunity yeah. and that's something that I think all those guys have to think about every time they're dealing with someone so it's like dang you know that's that's good stuff yeah no I agree no nah, man things, things like uh, yeah man we definitely on the same stuff for real yeah, um, we're going. I, I, I'm, I'm in Dallas, man. That's what I was about to say. You in Dallas next week? No, 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 not next week. Uh, it's time next month. So, hey. like, on the 24th. I'll be here, bro. August. Yeah, I'll be here. I'm right, gonna say, cool. yeah, man. Yeah, right. I'm gonna say, if you want to link up, man, we can link up. We can either do a podcast, you know, live again, or we can just, you know, go grab some drinks or something, man. The thing about me and with the podcast, the thing I think that yeah. I love about the podcast is 
I like talking to people. I like talking to people. I like connecting with people. And then not to be funny, to build a circle of brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it's important. I know so many times with black businesses, a lot of people feel like we have to have that approval. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we have to have that approval from white people when we really don't. Not to be funny, if I need something done now with an app, I could reach out to you, whether it's reaching out to you to get information or uh, getting, you know, paying you to help me get it off the ground. Like we got to start depending on each other and we got to start building these relationships and forming true intentional relationships with each other to really help each other and not say, hey, well, when you get there, we're going to link up, but actually start linking up or, hey, if you need help, hit me up and not just saying it out of routine, but actually meaning it. And, and being intentional to where if somebody picks up the phone or if you picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, I got another dope person that's doing an app. They want to be on the podcast. What's up with that? And then I say, yeah, we could do that. And then six months go by, a year go by and we never get it done. You know what I'm saying? We got to start supporting each other yeah. better than that. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to interview you and tell people about it and even start trying to. I'm going to tell you, we'll talk about something once we once we finish the podcast, because I want to tell you something that could help you if you're not already doing it, that I learned from some other people that could be dope for for the uh, the culture app and and helping boost it locally and just, you know, anywhere else, especially with you with you uh, traveling frequently for that. Before we before we finish, though, what do you feel like? What's next? What do you want to do next with this app? Do you want to create more apps? Do you want to create an umbrella of apps under the for the culture app? What do you want to do next with the art creative brand? Yeah, totally. So, so we have another app. <clears throat> it's already completed. It's gonna drop probably around, uh, probably around the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're gonna release it around the holidays. We initially wanted to release it at the end of summer, but you know we didn't really think Android was gonna take as long as it did. But uh, we figured some things out. But it's it, it's coming. Um, don't wanna give too much away. Yeah. I just wanna drop it and you know just just go. Well, when you drop it, let us know, bro, because we want to definitely help promote it. And, you know, like I said, if we do another podcast, we could do another podcast talking about it. Uh, let them know where they can find you on social media and if they want to learn more about the app. Yeah, totally. Uh, so it's at For the Culture app on IG. And it's at One For the Culture on Twitter. Um, we have a Facebook page. And if they want to link with me, um, Juice Daniels on IG and Juice Daniels on Twitter. All right, that's what's up. All right, man, that's going to wrap it up. So be sure to tune in next week where I'll be interviewing the dynamic duo that is Jason and Richard Gray, the creators of the Martin Trivia Game. We want to thank Teddy Phillips again for being on today's show. But until next time, always remember to inhale courage to excel success. We'll talk to y'all next week. Take those monies and spread across families. My sister Hattie and Lou, the nephews, cousins, and TT. Eric, the rest of B for whatever she wants to do. She might start an institute. She might put poor kids in school. My stake in Rock Nation should go to you. Leave a piece for your siblings to give to their children too. Title the champagne, do say I'd like to see a nice piece fund ideas for people who look like we. We gon' start a society within society. That's major. It's like the Negro League. It was a time America wouldn't let us fall. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Thank you.
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.